Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. All right. Am I doing good this morning? Yeah? All right. As Pastor Becky said in the announcements, they are on a much-needed vacation. Uh, And so um, you guys get me as a consolation prize this morning. Uh, um, so anyway, I'm, 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 I'm really excited. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. It is, it is, it is my birthday also. So, uh, it's not a bad present, right? For me anyway. Uh, hey, so, uh, about a year ago, um, God gave me something that I, I shared just a little bit of it uh, when, when I did uh, communion, uh, and it was about recognizing God's presence, and uh, it was, it was, it was um, specifically, I talked about uh, the two uh, followers of Jesus that were on the road to Emmaus, and uh, Jesus showed up to them, and, and he walked with them for a while, and they didn't recognize him. So uh, I, I'm going to kind of... That, that never really left me, and then I, about six weeks ago, maybe more, um, Pastor Noe asked me to speak, and like I was, I was praying, like, what, what can I share? Come on, God, give me something, and then he just kind of was like, I gave you something a year ago, so <laughs> I, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going with that, and so um, I'm just praying that, that, um, that what, what I share will, will speak to you guys this morning uh, as it did me. Um, so, uh, uh, anyway, that's all that. Uh, so sometimes, sometimes in life, right, we, uh, uh, we find ourselves wondering, uh, where God is, uh, who God is, uh, is God real? And if he is real, does he even care about me? Um, and, and everybody, every, I, you would be hard-pressed to tell me that not everybody has at least thought this as a passing thought at least once in their life, okay? Uh, some of us know that that is a uh, deception of the enemy speaking to us, trying to distract us or turn us away from God, and, and, but some of us may not recognize that as, as what it is, and, and sometimes we, we have a tendency to sometimes buy into that thing. Um, and, uh, on the other side of this, we may find ourselves doing everything correctly. Uh, we're checking all the boxes. We're, we're doing all the right things. We're living a clean life. We're following all the rules. We're even serving at church, uh, whenever we're asked and ministering to people around us, Right? And yet maybe we still don't uh, see his presence in our lives. Uh, <clears throat> maybe we see the effects of things uh, in, in other people's lives. Like you can you, you look at people and say, wow, they're blessed, you know. Or maybe, or maybe you, you might say, wow, they're really lucky, you know. They just have a good life. 
So what do we do in these moments when we feel like this? It, it's a... Uh, What do we do? What do we do when we feel like we're falling apart? Or maybe our, our lives are in a, in a in a storm or something. Uh, what do we do when we look around and we don't and we don't see the effects of the dunamis power, the dynamic power of the Holy Ghost that Pastor Noe talked about last week? Because I've I've been in that spot. Uh, if, I, if I'm being completely transparent with you, I, I have experienced that. And it's been, it, it's not, it wasn't like just once, you know? I mean, I felt like that multiple times in my life. Uh, where I just looked around and I could not recognize God's presence moving in my life. So I, I want you to know you're, you're not alone, and, and I'm, I'm reminding myself that I'm not alone, because there were, there were, um, there are stories in the Bible that, uh, that really speak to uh, the, the character or the, the, that the story is about when they did not recognize the presence of God. Um. First, we, we, we find Samuel um, in the Old Testament in, in, um, in the book of Samuel. Great name for it, right? It's about Samuel. Sorry if you can hear me drinking. I'm kind of a loud drinker. <laughs> um, you guys awake this morning? All right. I'm just making sure. Uh, Oh, I had a I had a joke, but I'm gonna let it go. Uh, <laughs> I like to have fun, guys. Um, so Samuel, oh, here we go, back on track. Samuel was a prophet in the Old Testament. He heard the he heard the word of the Lord uh, for Israel, and he delivered the word. And it wasn't always a good word for Israel. Um, but it was a word from God. But it wasn't always a fact that he heard God, that he understood, that he recognized when God was speaking to him. Samuel, uh, give you a little backstory. Samuel's mother, Hannah, uh, she couldn't have kids, and she would go to, into the temple uh, every day on a regular basis, whatever that looked like, and she would pray to God for children. And then she made this, this uh, I don't want to say a deal, but she made a promise to God that if, if you give me children, I'll give you, I'll give you my son. I'll give, I'll give you my first son. And so here comes Samuel. He answered her prayers. And we find in, in uh, 1 Samuel 2 that, that uh, 21 says, the Lord was gracious to Hannah and she gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. So that's, an, that's something important right there. Uh, so real quick, I, I'm, I did, I'm not going to put, I have a lot of scripture this morning. So uh, I'll give you the reference and you can follow along. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's not going to be up on the, uh, on the slide. 
So, y'all good with that? I hope so. Okay. All right. Just making sure. Um, so Samuel quite literally grew up. It, it says he, he grew up in the presence of God. He grew up in the temple. He grew up knowing, uh, learning and knowing the religious practices of the day. He knew how to uh, keep the temple, keep all of the things going in the temple, making sure, uh, make sure the lights were on, making sure the air conditioner was down. Uh, no, he, he, he did all the things that, that the temple required to function, right? He knew all those things. He knew the processes. And, and like I said, he even, the, the scripture even says he, he grew up in the presence of the Lord. Uh, so uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, this is when uh, he, he finally hears the voice of the Lord. So the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Eli was the, the, the high priest there in the temple. And uh, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there was not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak, uh, so weak that he, that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. That's, I don't know if you know this, but that isn't, to, my understanding of that is that he was, he was sleeping in the Holy of Holies next to the ark where the, back then where the presence of God rested on top of the Ark of the Covenant. So he was in the presence of God. Then the Lord called to Samuel and answered, uh, and Samuel answered, here I am, and verse five says, and he, he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you, go back and lie down. So he went, to lay, he went and lay down, and again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. And he said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli recognized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, speak, Lord, I, uh, speak, Lord, for I'm your servant, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in this place. And the Lord came and stood there, excuse me, uh, calling at the, as he did the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make everyone's ears tingle. Uh, so Samuel, just a, a recap of Samuel, he, he grew up in God's presence. It was all around him. Uh, he, he, knew, he knew all about God. He knew the Holy Scriptures. He, if you didn't know, he was, he was learning. I don't know how old he was. Um, but it was all around him, and yet he still did not know. And I know that sometimes, uh, I, I grew up in church. 
quite literally was almost born in church. My mom can tell you that she had me. Um, and then the very next service, I was there. My mom's here today, guys. Um, so I recognize, <laughs> I recognize this. Because I knew all about church. I knew all about the lifestyle. I knew all the, all the Christian lingo. I knew, I knew the right things to do. I knew that, uh, I knew that watching TV was going to send you to hell. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I did know that, but I found out later that wasn't, wasn't the case. Not exactly, So Samuel knew all these things, but he still, got, he, he still didn't recognize when God was speaking to him. If we fast forward to, to the uh, New Testament and we look at Luke 24, Jesus had, just been, um, Jesus had just been crucified and actually resurrected. This is three days later. Uh, and um, the women had gone to uh, his tomb They'd gone to his tomb to, uh, and, and they found that an angel of the Lord had told him that he, he had been resurrected and he was, he was no longer there. And then they went and told, and two of the, two of the followers that were there, they, they kind of left and were on the road, uh, headed to the town of Emmaus. And then uh, Jesus shows up, and, and he walks beside them, and um, they don't recognize him. So Luke 24, uh, 13 says, Now the same day the two of them, two of them, the Jesus' followers, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jer Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And they talked, and as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast, and one of them named Cleopas said, he asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in, the la in, these, in these days? And then Jesus said, what things? And they replied, about Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, he was the prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and their rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and, they, and then they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In the addition, some of, our, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they found, they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found that it was just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. And then he said to them, how foolish are you? 
How slow to believe all of the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his, uh, suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning, and beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all of these scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village that they were going to, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly to stay with them. They said, stay with us for it is nearly, uh, it is nearly evening. Sorry, it is nearly evening. Uh, The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Uh, When they were at the table, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and he began to give it to them. Their eyes were then opened as they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were our hearts not burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? This is is the first part of what what I feel like God gave me uh, just as I was reading last year. These, these men, like, they knew Jesus. They, they knew his face. They knew his teachings. They knew, they knew his mannerisms because they, 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 they traveled together. His followers, like, followed him. <laughs> everywhere he went and everywhere Jesus te- uh, taught, they, they were with him. Their hearts, it says their hearts even burned as he spoke and, 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 and retaught them some of the things that they already knew or should have known. They were, they were filled with passion as he spoke and they still did not recognize him when he was right in front of their face. Until right before he disappeared. We can be so wrapped up We can be so wrapped up in the things that we're doing in life that we can miss him. We can be so wrapped up in our, ta- in our day-to-day tasks that, that we miss the presence of God in our workplace while we have a coworker that is needing, desperately needing to be ministered to. Friday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Friday I was at work. <laughs> this is fresh. This ain't even in my notes. This is free. Friday. My, my coworker, she's very, she's very curious with me. Um, she, uh, she's a very good person. I mean, she's, she's gold. But she's, she's not, she, she doesn't live like I do, right? I, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything negative about that. 
we were talking, and I said, hey, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm preaching Sunday, you know, I'm kind of nervous about it. And, uh, and she was like, oh, yeah, what are, you, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, you know, and I told her. And uh, I've never, I've never, I've never uh, shied away from who I am, what I do, you know. Um, and she says, man, it just opened up. Like, I didn't even recognize what was happening at the moment. Here I am talking about, I'm talking about recognizing the presence of God. And I didn't even recognize that God was moving in that moment. She said, I don't know how to believe. I don't know how to believe in a God that loves me. She said, I had a father. My, my life was terrible. Every father figure that I ever had had let me down. I was able to, to share with her a little bit about, you've had a good friend, right? Yeah. So that's Jesus and Holy Spirit right there. You can understand a good friend. She said, yeah. It took me a minute. I didn't recognize Jesus. I didn't recognize his presence right then until after I started speaking. But he was moving. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't, you know, lightning and thunder and great winds and a firestorm. But I know, I know that that, this that little bit that I shared is, is, is going to impact my friend in some way. Uh, let me just say, I, I love the presence of God. back on track. Mary and Martha, you guys know, you guys remember uh, Lazarus? Yeah? Pastor Noe talked about him not too long ago. Well, he had two sisters. Guess what their names were? Hey, you guys are paying attention. Uh, so <laughs> Jesus had been teaching in, an, in another town over uh, and he went to Bethany where they lived. And um, the, the, the Gospels talk about, talk about this in, in, every, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, and I believe twice in Luke. And, and every, every time that, that this story is mentioned, there's a, it's like one of them gives this much information. Another one gives this much information and this much and this much. And so you're, you're kind of, it's kind of a puzzle piece. But what, what, you, can, what you can gather from, from these uh, accounts is, uh, is this. So when Jesus came into Bethany, uh, he was invited to a home where um, 
Martha was, excuse me, was preparing uh, for the get-together. And uh, she was working. She was making sure, you know, doing everything a good host would do, hostess would do. Um, But Mary, Mary was not being a good hostess. From the, time, from the moment Jesus walked into the room, Mary was on him. She was, she was on... <laughs> I, I, there's, a friend of mine used to say, she, he would have said, uh, she was on him like white on rice and a paper plate in a snowstorm. Kind of nudge your neighbor and say, hey, that was, she was on him. <laughs> it's a, it, she was at his feet from the moment he walked in the room. She was, she was worshiping him. She was giving him her full attention. Several of of these accounts, uh, it goes on to say that she actually had a box, uh, an alabaster box or jar um, that was filled with a very expensive uh, perfumed oil. And she broke that box and she anointed Jesus. And she, she wept at his feet so much that her tears washed his feet and then she dried his feet with her hair. She completely undignified herself in front of everybody in the room. She worshipped him. She worshipped him. You see, Mary, Mary recognized the presence. Two things happened by her doing this. One, It upset her sister Martha. Martha went straight to Jesus and she said, I'm over here doing all this work and Mary's just over here hanging out. Can you tell her something? And and Jesus said, (laughs) it's actually pretty funny. He he responded (laughs) and he he said, "You're, you're worried about the wrong thing. He said, uh, Mary has chosen to do the right thing and I'm not going to stop her. And the second thing that, that Mary's worship did was uh, it offended the other people in the room because she wasted this expensive oil. They said, do, do you see what happened here? She just wasted this oil. We could have taken this oil. See, they're, they're trying to be, they're trying to be uh, very righteous with this. We could have taken this oil and sold it and given the money to the poor. And Jesus said, you're always going to have the poor. You're not always going to have me. In fact, 
he went on to tell him that she had, had just anointed him for his burial and that her act of worship would, would be remembered every time the gospel is shared throughout the world. In the context of in the context of the topic of recognizing his presence, Martha did not recognize his presence in the moment. And Mary did. We can get so caught up in our day-to-day inner workings, just making sure that the ball keeps rolling because things have to be done. Dishes have to be washed. The kids have to be taken care of. You got to go to work because you got to pay the bills. You don't have any lights. You don't have any food. You got to, there's things that take us away. Life, if we allow it, life wants to take us away from the presence of God. And no matter what we do, the enemy is always going to use these, something like that to, to distract us. Here, oh, I, I didn't get to say this part because this is one of my favorite parts. I got to find it. Jesus said um, about Martha... can't find it in my notes. Oh, well. Trust me, it was really good. <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus said, Mary was distracted with much serving. That hits me right here. Because serving in church can also distract you from God's presence. Because sometimes serving can become just another task. It can become just another thing that gets in the way of what God is doing right here. It's easy to serve your church, serve your family, serve your neighbors. It's easy to put others, make sure you're serving, put others first, which is what, those are all things that we, we need to do. We're told to do this. Just so I'm clear, because we are a church that believes in serving. I'm not saying we need to serve less, okay? I don't want to get fired on Noe's, Pastor Noe's first day off. What I am saying is 
in everything that we do, in everywhere that we serve, in every little mundane task of your day, we have to do the most important thing and recognize his presence first. His presence is always, always with us. We are never in a moment where his presence is not with us. He's always here. He's always going. He's always moving. We're the ones that miss it. There's even times in, in service, you know, like, man, God was moving today. No, you were just more receptive. God is always moving. His presence is always, always here. And when we recognize his presence, it, it helps us, it helps us serve better. It helps us minister better. It's more focused. It's more intentional. It's not just doing the job. It becomes, it has a purpose. Instead of just, I don't know, it's the first thing that comes to my mind. Instead of just praying for somebody, now you know what to pray for because you recognize God's presence and now he's speaking to you. And now you're giving, him, giving this person a word from the Lord Amen. instead of a blanket Lord bless them. You know, which praying for somebody is good, but man, it's so much more powerful when it's directed specifically to that person. So you may be saying, Morgan, I hear you and I agree with you, but how do I recognize his presence? Well, this would not be a harvest time sermon if I didn't give you some bullet points. So, here are five ways to recognize his presence. Number one, we engage in passionate worship. You're never going to hear me not tell you something about the power, how powerful worship is. Lift up your voice, your, your heart, and your entire, your entire being in adoration of God as you wholeheartedly worship him. And as you do so, you create an atmosphere where his presence can be manifested. Now, this, this air conditioner just kicked on, so let me just say this real quick as a, as a little, little added note here. We're not waiting we're, we're not thermometers. We're not waiting on somebody else to tell us what the temperature is in the room. We're thermostats. Our praise and worship controls the atmosphere in every situation. We set the temperature. The world does not tell us. Circumstances do not dictate if God can move 
We carry his presence. Allow the power of worship to draw you closer to him and experience his tangible presence. I find it interesting that when Samuel finally, when Samuel finally had the, the revelation and the understanding that it was God that was calling him, that then it said that God was standing there. <clears throat> so my understanding of that is that he, was not only, he could not only hear him, but then he could see him in that moment. Tangible. Number two, develop a lifestyle of intimacy through prayer and seeking God's face. We set aside time to, uh, dedicated <clears throat> to commune with him daily. Seek his presence with a genuine hunger and expectation, knowing that he desires to reveal himself to those who diligently seek him. In your prayer place, encounter the reality of his presence. The reality of, of his presence. And discern his presence through, through the prophetic. Open your spiritual senses to hear his voice and receive his divine insights. God often speaks through dreams and visions uh, impressions. He imparts wisdom and direction. And when we pay attention to, to the whispers, when we pay attention to the whispers of the Holy Spirit, we find that he is guiding us into a deeper encounter with his presence. So stay sensitive to Holy Spirit, right? He's leading you and cultivating uh, that deep sensitivity to his promptings and guidance. Notice his gentle nudges, impressions, and thoughts that align with his character and his word. That's a very important thing. As you yield the Holy Spirit, he will lead you into divine encounters and reveal his presence in unexpected ways. Um, so <clears throat> I had a, a, a spiritual father or a mentor, if you will. Um, his name was Kent Brown. Uh, he, he passed away uh, a few years ago within the last few years. Um, but his, uh, his spiritual father, uh, is, uh, <clears throat> his name is, um, Bishop Hurd. Now, Bishop Hurd has said, I, I heard him speak, and uh, he said this thing one time, and, and it's in reference to this, to, to a lifestyle of intimacy through prayer and seeking God's face. He said, uh, he said, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I talk to my friend. And he's, 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 he's specifically talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, the first thing I do is I talk to my friend. 
He said, because if I don't, if I allow other things in my life to get in the way and I get up and I'm running late and I'm doing, I'm, I'm getting dressed and I'm hurrying to go to a meeting. He said, halfway through the day, my, my day is, is running kind of rough and I look around and I don't see my friend. Basically, he doesn't recognize God's presence because he didn't make it a point to invite God along with what he was doing that day. Number three is a lifestyle of gratitude and thanksgiving. Cultivate a heart that is continually aware of his goodness and faithfulness. And as you develop an attitude of gratitude, you will start to see his fingerprints all around you. In the blessings of everyday life, in the miracles that unfold before your eyes, <clears throat> you'll start to recognize these things. Bill Johnson um, is pastor for uh, Bethel in Redding, California. Uh, and I will probably always, I think every time I've spoke, I always mention something he says because he, he drops these like little gold nuggets and they're great. He said... Um, He calls it practicing his presence. So it's basically this. It's stopping for a moment, whatever you're doing, and just taking a minute to focus and meditate on God's goodness. That's it. Meditate on, on how good he is, his faithfulness. And he said as soon as he, as soon as he does that, it brings attention to God's presence. And then he moves on. Number four is we develop a posture of faith and expectancy. Believe that God is always present and active in your life. Anticipate his supernatural intervention and breakthroughs. Train your spiritual eyes to see his hand at work even in the midst of challenging circumstances. As you cultivate a mindset of faith and expectancy, you will perceive his presence in greater measures. When we align our actions with his will and ex exercise radical obedience by stepping out in faith, we position our faith, ourselves for divine encounters. Take bold risks for God. No risk, no reward. Stepping out into the unknown with complete trust and as you step out into faith, you will witness his supernatural power at work in your life, confirming his presence and trans transforming your circumstances. And the last one I have for you guys is this. Fellowship with other believers who hunger for God's presence. Surround yourself with a community of faith that shares the passion for encountering God. Join together in prayer, worship, and the pursuit of his presence. 
As you gather with like-minded believers, you create an environment where God's presence dwells and manifests powerfully among you. It's so important that we do that. It's more than just getting together and hanging out. It's getting together and, and focusing on, on God and his supernatural presence. It's kind of like positive peer pressure. We get together and we commune and we focus on those things. And we, be, we believe in that here at Harvest Time. That's why we push life groups so much. There's a plug for you, Rob. The ultimate final thought, kind of, I guess, kind of, I guess, kind of final thought. I might have something after this. I don't know. The ultimate goal is to walk intimately with God, continually seeking Him, surrendering to His will, and living a life that brings glory to His name. Guys, I've, 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 lived, I've lived a life where I knew all about God. I knew scriptures. I knew, I knew the Christian culture. I knew I could see when God was moving. Operated in gifts. I still didn't recognize his presence in my life. I want to encourage you this morning to make, make that a priority in yours. It's amazing, it's so amazing, the, the change in your life when you, when you begin to recognize, when you begin to see the, his, his presence moving in your life. Because it, it doesn't just affect you, it affects everyone around you. call the uh, prayer team up and uh, I'm going to pray and release you guys and if you need prayer please do not hesitate come up get your prayer for whatever whether you want to 
recognize God's presence in your life or if you just got some stuff going on that you need prayer for. We're here for whatever. So God, I thank you. God, I thank you for your presence this morning, God. I thank you for your presence that guides us. pray that you would bless this bless this church God bless these people God reveal your presence in their lives open their eyes to see what you're doing and saying give them the boldness to follow you when you say go Thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing in our lives, God. I pray that you would just continue to have your way. Help us to always glorify your name in everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.